Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live at. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to our class on spiritual gifts. Um, how I would love for the gifts to work is that the Lord just gives them to them in full, and I just am like awesome at it. That would be ideal, but it doesn't work that way. Um, and I can tell you from experience what I'm, one of my gifts I feel like, and although some of you might be like, well, is teaching. And um, I can tell you that my first sermon was a lot different than my last sermon I just gave, right? And so there, there's growth there. Yep, Jeannie's been around to hear it all. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so that's how it works. And so as we begin to operate in the gifts, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be let down. You're going to be disappointed. That's part of it. But, but if you see it as this muscle I need to work, this thing I need to learn about, then you'll begin to shift your mindset and say, okay, Lord, let's go back to the drawing board. Teach me more. Give me more, Lord. Show me more. Show me how I can operate. Okay? All right. Mr. Cubitt, come on up here and sit with me. Um, I asked David to come and, and, and partner with me and teach this class. I've had some, some just encouraging experiences. He's been a huge mentor for me in this process, walking with the Lord and discovering new things about um, the, the Holy Spirit. As he says, the Holy Ghost. This is, he's from, from Virginia. Um, but, it's, in, it's in the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. Just the King James Version. Right? <laughs> Uh, and so he's going to share some of his stories. He's going to jump in with the teaching. He has an amazing experience. But I figured it would be great if you would tell just a bit of your story. Your story is long, but a condensed version of, of kind of how the Lord met you and how you ended up here in Toledo. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, first off, I'd like to introduce my wife. Uh, we're going to be married 30 years, like in a few weeks. Nice. Shelly. Shelly. So anyway, uh, we're in this journey together, so this isn't just about me, it's really about us and uh, really the way the Lord awakened us. And um, um, my story really starts in 2005. I was kind of out in the world, not really even sure that I, I knew about Jesus. I didn't really wasn't sure that Jesus was real. And there was this advertisement in town about this missionary, this guy that had a prophetic gift was going to be at this church. Um, and so my wife and I stumble in. We hadn't been in church regularly for a long, long time. Um, we sat in the back row, thought we were just going to watch, okay? So they introduced this uh, guy with this prophetic gift. Um, he's a missionary. He, he does a lot of work in Central and South America. And Anyway, uh, they introduce him, stands up in the pulpit, starts to preach, and about 10 minutes into what he was preaching, all of a sudden he stopped. And it was like you could tell that he, the Holy Spirit was kind of redirecting his path. Mm. And um, he walked down the aisle. He walked over to my wife and I. He pointed at me and said, uh, Son, there's a call of God on your life. Can I pray for you? And I mean, I, I, I never saw like the gifts of the Spirit. I, I didn't know what the gifts of the Spirit were. Um, it was absolutely new to me. Um, in the ch church I grew up in, I mean, that didn't, that didn't happen. I mean, it was basically pulpit preaching guy, and that was it, right? Um, so anyway, he points to me, he brings me up front, and he says, 
um, he starts to prophesy over me that, uh, that uh, I've, I was like Gideon hiding in a wine cellar, but one day the Lord would awaken me um, to uh, awaken armies around the world. And um, I didn't know what that meant, um, but he said, can I pray for you? And I said, sure. And then he says, he says, do you know what the gift of tongues is? I said, tongues? What's, what's the gift of tongues? He goes, it's in the Bible. Um, he goes, don't worry about it. I'm just going to pray for you. He laid his hand on me. And when he laid his hand on me, he said, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And the next thing I know, it felt like I got hit with a lightning bolt. Um, it was like the presence of the Lord, this peace that I had searched for all my life. I tried to find it in alcohol. I tried to find it going 150 miles an hour on a motorcycle, jumping out of airplanes, whatever I could do to uh, try to fill that void, but nothing could fill it. The moment that guy prophesied what he said, laid his hand on me, and this blanket of peace came down over me, um, I fell onto the floor. My wife says the guy got back up into the pulpit, starts to preach. Um, about 30 minutes later, I rolled over, I got up. I mean, the peace, I mean, the hair on my arms is standing up. It was like something was imparted to me, mm. right? And when I stood up, this language flew out of my mouth. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of a wild, crazy story, but that's not where it ends. Um, I went home that night. Um, I went over in a spare bedroom. I sat in the bed because it was like electric. The presence of the Lord was so powerful on me. Um, I never felt it like that before. I didn't know. It was like, oh, my gosh, he's real. Like, Jesus mm. is real. Mm. And when I sat there, I'm sitting in the dark, um, just in awe of what had happened. Um, and it felt like the, like the bed sunk down. It was like Jesus sat down right beside me and he started to speak to me. It was the first time in my life I ever heard the direct voice of God begin to speak to me and, and the issues that, that I carried in my heart. And um, the first couple hours, all he, all he addressed were all the stupid things that I did in my life. Okay? And I had, a lo I had a long list. It took a couple hours. And it, it was like he was washing me. Okay? Um, Somewhere around 3, 3.30 in the morning, he starts to ask me this question, will you speak for me? And I said, I, I don't know what your Bible says. I just met you really tonight. You know, I get, it was just excuse after excuse. And he, he was moving quick. He was moving pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the point of this is he's not after, he doesn't, he doesn't come to the qualified. Mm -hmm. he, qual he qualifies the called. Okay, so think about that as I tell you this story. And as you're working through this gift process, it's not about you knowing it and doing it. It's actually about you realizing he's calling you deeper. Okay, so I'm, 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 I'm ex excuse after excuse. I don't know what to say, da, da, da. And he kept coming back. Will you speak for me? All he wanted was a yes. And finally, at about 530 in the morning, um, I decided I was going to cut him a deal. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, it was like so real. It was like, all right, he's not going away. Like, this is real. Like, I was, I was having to process this, his presence. Um, and uh, he asked me again, and I said, all right, if I'm asked to speak, I'll speak. But I don't really don't like to speak in front of people. Um, but if, I, if I'm asked, I'll do it. And boom, he got what he wanted. And like him sitting beside me, it was like, boom, he was gone. But the presence of the Holy Spirit, I'm still electrified. Um, this is now on a Sunday. This is now Sunday morning, okay? I run over, jump in the shower. Didn't tell her anything about what happened all night because what happened in church on Saturday night was, you know, so out of this world. 
um, enough, but she goes, I think we need to go back to that church this morning. He's, he, that preacher guy, that missionary, he's back there. I said, all right, let's go. Um, I think I'm, you know, we slide in, right? I'm sitting in the back. They introduce him, and I kid you not, 10 minutes into what he was talking about, he stops, he walks back the aisle, and he has a mic in his hand, and he sticks the mic in front of me, and he says, I heard you cut a deal with the Holy Spirit last night. <laughs> and, that, and that's how powerful a prophetic gift is, mm. and that's how powerful the gifts are going to flow in you, okay? And I'm, I'm testifying of this because that's how powerful the gifts started to flow in me after this experience, okay? So he puts the mic in front of my face, and he says, I heard you cut a deal with the Holy Spirit that if you were asked to speak, you would speak. He grabs, he grabs me. I mean, he's a big guy. He's like 6'3". I mean, he, he grabbed a hold of me. He brought me up front. He smacked me in the back. And he says, whatever's in your heart, let it out. And I turned to the people, and I started to tell them what had happened all night long with Jesus. People started coming forward. I want, I want the Holy Spirit. It was like my first altar call. I didn't even know what an altar call was. Okay? And um, that story is so, like... That's not an average everyday story, but that was the launching point of, of me. I mean, mm. you know, uh, the five-minute version real quick. I mean, since that time, um, the Lord has, I've, I've preached and ministered in other, a lot of other countries, a lot, you know, a lot of other places in the U.S. Um, I've, I've worked with over 6,000 pastors in India um, to do what we're doing here. Um, and so the equipping of the Holy Spirit, it's, you know, that's really what my job is. I mean, the Lord sends me places to equip people with the Holy Ghost. It's an impartation. Okay. It's not what I didn't choose it. Um, and it's actually a ministry that, you know, there's not, it's not like fully embraced mainstream. Right. Um, so I, you know, my only thing to you is open your mind. Um, you're going to hear me tell a lot of stories, um, you know, the Lord's had me, I've, I've, I've just finished my third book. Uh, actually, Pastor Jimmy's famous, he's quoted in it. Um, and, and so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the teachings and stuff about the spiritual gifts are, are in my books. Um, but, you know, uh, I went from a guy who didn't even know the Holy Spirit was really real and what the Holy Spirit was for and this concept of being baptized in the Holy Ghost and the gifts to literally... When a guy came and prophesied over me and laid his hand on me to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like this presence of God has come on me and it never left. And, and I mean, the visions, the, the Lord, I guess before I turn it back over, um, you know, the Lord promises this in, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. <clears throat> I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You will dream dreams and have visions and you will prophesy. Every gift of the Holy Spirit flows out of your relationship of hearing the voice of the Lord, which is his language is visions. OK, um, everything. If, if, if I prophesy over any of you or, or, or anything during these times, it's because the Lord gives me a vision. He begins to speak to me about the vision and there's an impartation with the vision. OK, there's no such thing as a gift without an impartation. That's why the Lord gives gifts so that. You, you are the gate of heaven. You are literally Christ on earth, releasing the Lord's heart out of heaven onto the people that you're, mm. you're called to minister to. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So, so how did you end up in Toledo? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, 2000, toward the end of 2018, 
Uh, the Lord started giving me dreams of Ohio. Um, I was living in this all that story, that story that I told you about uh, happened in Parkersburg, West Virginia. So um, started having dreams of Ohio and then specifically about Toledo. Um, and uh, the next thing you know, the Lord opened a window, uh, a door for, uh, you know, a job here locally. We moved here in 2019. Um, we've been working with a handful of others uh, here on and off and uh, with other, some of the other work I've done. And I met Jimmy about a year and a half ago. He came to, uh, we had a school of the Holy Spirit downtown Toledo. And um, yeah. it was just... Uh, with the Vineyard Church, Vineyard Toledo. The Vineyard, Vineyard Toledo. And um, been working with a few few others in here on and off, and uh, just really excited about how the Lord, the energy that the Lord has going on here with this group of people, going deeper into the full equipping of the church. Um, and at the end of the day, here here's here's the idea that you have to have in your mind: um, you, as believers empowered by the Holy Spirit, are to be the most powerful force there is on the earth. A person who hears the word of the Lord, who gets the, ver- the vision and the dream, is unstoppable. Okay? The, the Lord spoke into the darkness at the very beginning. And, right? Genesis chapter 1. Yeah. Was there an answer for the dark? No. Whatever the light is, whatever the light shines into the dark, it's because the Lord is, is creating. Okay? And that's the, that's the essence of why the gifts are so important. Because... Out of your relationship, you hear the voice and you go where he sends you to, to go, to do, to speak, to impart. And the light shines into the darkness and the darkness can't stop it. Amen. There you go. Amen. All right. Uh, I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians uh, 12. And I just want to read a bit about that. And then we're going to kind of jump into different passages as we go. But I, I want to just set a tone here for the night as we read God's word together and see that this is everything that we're going to talk about tonight comes from this place. This is what we're using as our foundation. So this is what Paul says to the church in Corinth. A lot of this will be a little bit redundant just to to get things going that we talked about this morning. Now concerning spiritual gifts, verse 1 of chapter 12. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to that same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. So Paul does a great job of, of laying out this and I would encourage you at, during this time to be reading 1 Corinthians. Just dive into 1 Corinthians. If you want that on display, read the book of Acts and you'll begin to see um, the power of God moving. But we see in there just a couple things. One, the gifts are for everybody. Verse 7 says that. To each one. 
So if you're in this room and you feel like, I'm not sure what my gift is, I don't know if I have a gift, we're going to right here and now take that off the table. Um, and we're going to help you not only discover your gifts, but know that God's word tells you you have a gift. So you don't have to wonder, right? If you have a relationship with Jesus, you've got a gift, okay? And apparently, even if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, God tracks you down and finds you. That's right. Because he loves everybody. Because you have a gift and a call. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they're for everybody. They're not badges. They're not awards. They are, are gifts. They're from the, the word grace. It it's, uh, flows from that. And so we receive them as such, and we need to be aware of that. And, and everybody gets to be involved. Now, Paul makes these statements in here that are really challenging. Like uh, verse 31, he says, eagerly desire greater gifts. So we should eagerly desire these things as followers of Jesus. Okay? And, and that word means to be zealous, to like passionately go after it. Like think of the thing that you're chasing after right now in life. And, and what the Lord is saying is you should chase after that or pursue that, the gifts of God in the same manner or the same energy that you pursue things that you're really passionate about. And I don't know about you, but I, I didn't live my Christian life that way for most of my Christian life until the last couple of years. And you begin to see God begins to reveal things to you when you, when you burn with zeal in that way. He also says in 1412 to excel in gifts that build up the church. And so again, this is not about us. The gifts are given to us, but they're not for us. They're for us to be used to build up the body, to, to glorify the Lord, to advance God's kingdom. But we are to think about, and, and this is a very mature stance for, for Christianity, for Christians to take, and that is to say, Lord, what does my community of faith need? Let me begin to pray into that. That's a much different stance than, well, what would I like to have? Because that one sounds cool. That prophecy thing, that sounds really cool. I'd like to you know, prophesy over people and see their lives change like, like what happened to David. But you begin to say, Lord, what does my community of faith need? And the Lord will answer that prayer and meet you in that place. Okay? So the, the gifts can be increased, like I talked about before. Um, grace can, can come even in even greater measures for us. But we want to build up the body. Okay? There's a great quote by John Wimber um, who had a powerful encounter with the Lord, but he was living in Las Vegas uh, he was in a band and he was living that lifestyle and had a radical transformation similar to what David said. And he came to church and he started reading the Bible and he came up to the pastor and he said, hey, when do we get to do the stuff? <laughs> and the pastor's like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, no, when do we get to do the stuff in the Bible like Jesus? The pastor said, well, well, we believe in those things, but we don't do those things. And then he looked at him and he said, when I was in the devil's business, I got to do the devil's stuff. And now that I'm in the Lord's business, I want to do the Lord's stuff. And he went on. I mean, he ended up, that wasn't the place for him. He went on, but the Lord had used him in, in powerful and mighty ways. But that was his mentality. And, and I love that. It's like he, he didn't have a filter that he grew up in a church that told him that didn't exist. And so he read the scriptures and he, he thought, man, here it is. And so he asked the Lord for it and, and boom, it started to happen in his life. And he started to have encounters where, where other people in his life laid hands on him, prayed for him, and things started to happen. So David alluded to this a little bit. What, what are the purpose of the gifts? The purpose of the gifts is to advance God's kingdom. You know, Paul tells us we, we are, there's this war going on. And I think a lot of times we don't think about our life in that, that light. Um, we just think about how do we make it through the day? How do I get my kids to school? 
How do I, some of, for some of us, it's how do I survive? And that's not how the Lord wants us to be functioning and living. God wants us to, to be um, mindful of, of the war and the challenge that's going on all around that. And we talked about a little of this on Sunday mornings um, when we talked about the power of God and what the power of God comes against and the, and the reason we've been given these gifts. So we have to keep that in mind. But how are the gifts given? Okay? I think most of us as Christians don't even understand how these, these things happen. So first, um, the grace of God. Obviously. So God can impart gifts at any time to anyone because God's God and he does, he does as he pleases. And we see this in Acts chapter 2. We see it again in Acts chapter 4 where they're in the upper room and all of a sudden um, like tongues like fire fall upon the disciples. And all of a sudden the, the spirit of God comes upon them in a very powerful and profound way. We see it again in Acts chapter 4 where it happens again to a similar group of people, if not the same group of people, which tells us. That when the Spirit of God falls on us, or we're filled with the Spirit, or baptized in the Spirit, whatever language you want to use, it's not a once and done thing. That can happen over and over and over again. Okay? And, and don't ask me to explain why or how that works, but that's what the Scriptures, that's what God's Word tells us. And so that's, that's the way that God does it. But God loves to use other people. And so there's this thing called impartation. And David referred to it in his story that somebody laid hands on him and imparted something to him. So literally, human beings praying over one another and passing along the grace of God to the other. As again, led by the Spirit. Um, Why don't you share just a bit about, you know, one of the things that, that is encouraging to me about our conversations, what David's taught me a lot, is as we move in the gifts, or or just at all in the in life. You say time and time again, you don't function and move unless the Lord tells you to. Yeah. Can you speak into that a little bit and, and how that would apply to our gifts that we use? Yeah, well, that story I told you at the very beginning, I fell in love with spiritual prayer and um, call it tongues. You know, there's different, there's different uh, meaning to it. But um, I found that the more I prayed, the more the Lord would speak to me. Um, and I found myself like... I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but, um, you know, heaviness, uh, depression, uh, those type of things. I dealt with that stuff a lot, um, in, particularly in my 20s. Um, and whenever I learned to pray, I could, uh, I felt the presence of the Lord. And so I, I fell in love with prayer. I knew, I, fa- I figured out that when I prayed in the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Lord would come. And not only would the presence come, but the vision, the, the Lord's voice. And um, so the Lord started to teach me his voice. He started to teach me um, stuff like that. And, um, you know, in the early days, he would come and I'd have a vision in the middle of the night. You know, I'd be crying. I mean, he'd be showing me things. It'd, it'd be like a personal impartation. He'd be showing um, every, every encounter with the Lord, every vision he gives you is an impartation. That's, that's really what the relationship's about. It's not supposed to be simply reading about him. It's, it's a personal receiving of an impartation. And I learned through that process that when I prayed, he was going to speak. He was going to show me things. And so the way it started with me is we had a, uh, the place where this happened. Um, I ended up uh, being a leader in this church. I got thrust in, in charge of the youth group. I was in charge of the men's group and uh, prophetic development stuff and stuff I didn't know about. But when the Lord started to speak to me, I just started to teach what the Lord would show me. And so... Um, in the early days, I would stand at the back of, of the sanctuary uh, when worship was going on, 
and I'd be back there uh, praying and worshiping, and uh, I'd say, show me, Lord, who, who in here is in need? Who, who in here do you want to speak to? Um, and I made, I made myself available, and it was so amazing because I realized the, 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 the Lord's heart for the body, for the people. And he would start giving me visions for people. And I'd, I'd, have, I'd have like visions lined up for people. And the, my pastor started to catch on that I was very confident in this gift. I was just very confident that the Lord would speak to me. And so he would call me up and give me the mic and say, who's the Lord speaking to you about? Um, I would call the people up and pray for them in front of, in front of the church. It, it became part of the culture. There was an expectation that the Lord was speaking Okay, um, but you know there was a lot of side stuff that always happened. Um, you know stuff that I didn't do in front of the church. It was like, okay, Lord, who? What are you saying to them? And I grabbed them, and we would typically there was the church, there was the church service, the regular stuff. Pastor Jimmy lets the church go, and then there was church after church, right? And I'd be grab, I'd I'd be grabbing people and say, the Lord showed me this about you, and boom, I mean there'd be tears and like deliverance and healing and like personal stuff that the Lord was was you know revealing and um so the point of it is spiritual relationship built on a prayer life learning his his heart and his vision and the the gifts are just a manifestation of that okay there will be people in here that get activated you never saw a vision before but even though it happens, there's a grace for it to happen. Like if it's never happened before, it'll start happening. Um, that's what we're doing. We're, we're practicing and equipping. But the more you pray, the more you go and you go use this, the more that your prayer life will grow and the, vi- the visions will grow. Right. And so does that where you were wanting yeah, to go? Like, you know, there's, I keep coming back to David. We'll, we'll sit down over coffee or lunch or whatever. And, and I'll say, you know, I'm wrestling with this. How do I know? to move forward or how do I know what to do? And he, same answer every time. Well, the Lord will show you. <laughs> well, well, what if I, the Lord hasn't showed me? He's like, well, then you wait on the Lord. Said, well, what if I don't want to wait on the Lord? <laughs> well, I just want to, you know, because, you know, you, as, as a pastor, you have compassion on people and you want to, that compassion moves you. And sometimes that compassion is, moves you and the Lord meets you in that. But, but uh, what I keep hearing from him over and over again, his experience is, he literally waits on the Lord. And this, this is the model that Jesus uses mm-hmm. when he says, you know, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. Yep. The Father shows me and I do it. And that's how Jesus operated in his ministry, waited in that relationship with the Father. And you say, oh, well, he's God. Yeah, but there's an element of that humanity that's still, still very much at play there. And, you know, you see him get hungry, you see him weep, you see him get frustrated. Um, and, I, and I think that's how he operated. He operated with the power of the Holy Spirit, waiting on the Father, and everything he did flowed in that rhythm. And if that's the case, then, then we can flow in that rhythm too. We can do the same. We have the Spirit of God inside of us, check. We have a relationship with the Father. We just got to take that time to come before the Lord and say, okay, God, what do you want? Show me what you want here vision, show me, you know, a picture, an image, whatever. It comes in many different forms. Maybe it's dreams. Um, and, and if not, we can, uh, we'd love to pray over you even tonight to, to begin to have that happen to you. But it's that waiting. And so we get back to this idea of impartation. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from, act, from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, 
instruction about cleansing rites and laying on of hands. So there it is right there. He talks about the laying on of hands, um, the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. There's another verse. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But Paul says, I long to come to you that I may impart gifts to you. Romans 1.11. Romans 1.11. There you go. And what Paul's saying is he wants to come to the church in Rome. Why does he want to come to the church in Rome? To encourage them. A part of that encouragement is laying, Paul coming, um, led by the Lord, to lay hands on them so that the gifts start to flow in them and, and become activated in them. It's not that believers were there that weren't functioning in the gifts, but Paul knew, hey, if I can come and, and wait on the Lord and listen, and I can, I can pray over people, and, and things will begin to move in even greater ways. And so this, this was a, a basic instruction of the Lord and, and how to do that. But impartation is a, a big part of how God works. And, it, and really, it aligns with the heart of, the, of God, right? God never designed us to be solo Christians. He wants us to be in community. He wants us to be in relationship. And so it makes sense that how, what are one of the ways the gifts are distributed? Well, it's one other believer coming and laying hands on another believer and God using those two to bring about his kingdom. And the final one is prophecy. Okay, exactly David's story of his example. Not only was impartation with Ham, but he's spoken prophetic word over his life that literally transformed your life and brought you to where you are today. And so prophecy spoken over somebody, and we'll get to prophecy um, not next week, but the week after. That's where I'll be quiet and he'll just talk most of the time. Um, but that, that literally changes the destiny of, in somebody's life. When you speak, oh, words, words have power. Just like God has power. When God speaks, things come to life. God gives us the power to create and to tear down. James talks about this with the tongue, right? And so we can literally breathe life into people or we can steal life from people depending on how we speak to them. So it's so crucial how we speak to one another, but how we edify and build each other up. So 1 Timothy 4.14 talks about this. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy, when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So we had both there, an impartation with laying on of hands, but also the gifts that Timothy received came through somebody prophesying over him. And that, again, is something that I wasn't taught in seven years of, of formal training in school. Um, but this is what the, the Word of God says. So that's, that's, how, that's the purpose behind the gifts and how the gifts are received. Now we're going to talk about the gifts and just kind of touch on each one of them, and then we're going to... I invite you guys to share your stories on some of these gifts. You got a question, Jenny? Are, are we allowed to ask questions? Yeah, ask a question. Um, gifts don't necessarily come only by prophesying. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. So laying on of hands, I mean, God giving them directly to us, yeah. and, then, and then prophesying. Those are the three ways that I'm aware of. Are there any, anything outside of that that you're aware are you of? Are talking about receiving or giving? No, having. Having well, all all of those nine gifts listed in Rome, First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. Um, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you're baptized, um, my experience is there's people who will will tilt toward prophecy and words of knowledge. There's others who will tilt toward like they'll be uh, have a, nat- a natural gravity toward healing. Um, there will be others who will uh, kind of function in discernment and, and just deep uh, knowledge where the Lord reveals things to them to discern certain things. Um, but um, it's one spirit and all the gifts. And 
my experience, and even in my own personal life, is if you pursue every one of those gifts, he's not going to hold them back from you. Mm. They, every one of them, I mean, I've flown in every one of those gifts at different points. My natural, or the, my, I guess my primary gift is prophecy, and that grew over time. I mean, I, you can line up 100 people, and I can prophesy. The Lord will give me a vision for every person I stand in front of, and I prophesy over them. Okay? There's others who will, are naturally inclined to healing. And anybody in the room, anybody in the body, if you're hurt, if you're dealing with a sickness, I need to pray for you. That's, there's, there's like, um, I guess it's kind of like your, your first, your primary. But all of them, as you grow in the spirit, every, every gift can flow out of anybody. Right? It, just, it, it, it really comes down to you making yourself available. And... Um, at the time in the situation, there's different needs, different problems. Um, and just like the story I told you, I used to stand in back of the church and say, all right, Lord, who's in need? What do you want to say? What do you want to do? Who needs healing? And boom. I mean, he would, that's, that's how I fluently learned the voice of the Lord and, and the, the gift of, of vision. Yeah. Peggy, you have a question? You said that you um, prayed, and the more you pray, the more you are enriched. Yes. But you said you prayed in tongues, but you also prayed differently and not in tongues. So well, I, speak I, to that a little bit. I, I, I pray in tongues all the time. Yeah. But if you're praying in another way, what is that? Now, I, I don't want to offend anybody um, because I know there's people in here that have embraced the gift of tongues. There's also people that have never really been exposed to the gift of tongues. People that don't understand it may have a lot of questions, but over 90% of my prayer, and I pray, I pray hours every morning. I, um, there's, there's days where I pray half a day just because I just have this draw, I have this need, okay? And I pray in tongues, okay. right? And I mean, there's, there's a whole session that we're going to talk about tongues. Ton- yeah, t- tongues is a unique weapon. It's, it's really the, it, what fosters all the gifts. It, it actually grows the gifts, and we'll get, we'll get to that here in a few weeks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, I spend yeah. hours every day. I, I love the presence I of the love, Lord. Yeah, I yeah. And I, yeah. Okay, the first gift we're going to talk about is a word of wisdom that, that Paul mentions. Uh, a word of wisdom is an utterance given to someone by God and spoken out by that individual, revealing God's insights to a specific situation. Okay, so literally the heart of God is put on somebody and, and the Lord gives words to that person that are words of wisdom and usually it's future oriented in its nature of how to deal with what's going on in their life. It predicts and anticipates it's God's wisdom in a specific situation. Okay, just a couple examples in the scriptures. You know, Solomon asks for wisdom. God says, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon asks for wisdom. And you see story after story of Solomon's wisdom coming to the front. Probably one of the most famous is, is the baby story. If you guys are familiar with that. Is everybody familiar with that? Okay. And Solomon's wisdom is on display there. And you just see the wisdom of Solomon. Um, you, in Matthew 16, 16, when, when Peter proclaims Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, he's been given this insight by the Father, about who Jesus is in that moment. Because Peter wasn't going around saying that before. And then he literally, I mean, he gets an A-plus on, on getting it right. Um, and then he screws the pooch, like, moments later on the other side. 
But the Lord gave him that wisdom in that moment of what was going on for there. So those are some examples. Um, So a word of wisdom comes in a situation, again, when it's needed, oftentimes in a problem that needs to be solved. Counseling situations. uh, Scripture could be highlighted to you. Um, But knowing what you're going to do and how to do it, the Lord puts it on your heart. Okay? When, When you get a word of wisdom, what do you do with it? You speak it out loud. Okay? If you, if the Lord gives you a gift and you hold on to that gift and do nothing with it, I would say it's almost the same as not having the gift. Because again, what's the purpose of the gift? To build up the body. It's not for you. Although it does build you up. As you use it, it's, it's mutually beneficial. And God designed it that way because God is good and faithful in that and we have a loving Father. Um, but, that's, but that's how that works. But we are to speak it out loud and, and to trust that, that word that comes forward. The word could come in, in uh, an image to you. It could come out of the scriptures. It could come in a dream. It could come in, in some sort of vision. All those are ways that the Lord speaks to us. God uses all of our senses to speak to us with these gifts. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, now, I want to just pause and say, any of you had an experience of, with a word of wisdom that you'd be willing to share your story with us? And if nobody shares, then I'll call on Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, what, you want to start? <laughs> I, I received a word of window, wisdom yesterday. I did not give one, so I don't know if that counts. Okay. Or other experiences you've, or you've shared with me where you've talked to coworkers or people like that. Oh, that's just, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the, the first one, I guess, that comes to my mind is um, I was uh, texting with a friend, um, and I sent this person, uh, I just literally copied and pasted out of the Bible app, um, the parable of the sower. And this person, like, didn't respond. It, it, the conversation was regarding a, a relationship this person has that was very challenging. I sent this person a parable of the sower, meaning like, hey, sometimes your seeds are going to fall on fertile soil, like so you guys get the idea. And this person didn't text me back for like, 45 minutes, and then all of a sudden they were like, oh my goodness, that was so moving. Yeah. Hmm. I, I had to digest that. I had to sit with that for a while, and the person is not a believer. So it was just, it was a, I just did something kind of like, oh, I just read this, send it to them, you know, and, and then all of a sudden this person was like, oh my goodness, I, so it, it had a profound impact that I didn't, didn't even realize or intend. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, Corey. I think I've showed this before, but I was walking out of a Bible study really late at night, it was like a little after 10, and I was walking in a back alley to get to my car. This church was downtownish. Uh, my wife will hate me for saying that. It's not actually downtown. It's just not around here. Uh, <laughs> but we ran into two gentlemen who were very intoxicated, and uh, they stopped us in the alley. I was with my college roommate at the time, and they were upset. And it was unclear what they wanted. If they wanted money, or if they were just upset in general. And they, one of the gentlemen pushed me really hard. He was getting really aggressive. And we didn't really have anywhere we could go. I guess turn around and run. But And the Lord, it was just like, there was no audible voice. There was really no words. I just knew I was supposed to give him a hug and tell him these words that were for him. And as soon as I hugged him, he broke down weeping. And I still have a relationship with that man now to this day. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I had a crippling fear when my daughter was born that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. 
So <clears throat> I had the crippling fear that any minute now, God is going to take her away. Mm. And I mean, I, I, I would watch her so terribly close to the road, and uh, I was just so overbearing because I was just so terrified that this will be the moment he'll, mm. take, he'll take her away. And then someone from church had reminded me that there are some <clears throat> some wars for me to fight, and there are some wars to give up to God to fight, and that mm. he's my warrior. And so that night, I was just deep in prayer, and finally went to sleep, and I woke up, and for the first time, I wasn't depressed. Mm. I did not have the fear that he would mm. take my daughter away. Yeah. And I had, that was the time when I truly started believing and understanding that he was my warrior. Yeah. He was going to fight that fight for me. Yeah. No, that's good. Thank you for sure. Yeah, how many of you guys have had an experience where somebody spoke some truth to you and it just shifted you in some way that you needed to hear? How many of you guys would say that that has happened? Okay. That's a word of wisdom that the Lord is speaking to us to, to encourage us and to give us what we need to move forward. Any others? Yeah. Um, what are open visions? Yeah, good question. Okay. Do they, uh, what category would they be in? Yeah. So the way... Uh, ways that the Lord speaks to us. He can speak to us audibly. He can speak to us like within our, our mind. Um, he can speak that still small voice that we hear about in that story. Um, an open vision is essentially when I'm, I'm awake and I'm looking at the back of this room and all, all of a sudden God shows me something as if it's right there in front of me. <clears throat> like high def. And, um, but some, sometimes it's, but sometimes it can be grainy. Sometimes it can be um, like barely recognizable. I mean, sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not clear. Um, what, what would you say? Different um, experience the Lord speaks to us. Yeah, I mean, open vision is the way my gift of words of knowledge and prophecy works. I mean, like when I'm standing over somebody, I mean, the Lord will show me this picture and it's like a, it's like a movie. Pretty high definition, Sometimes, yeah. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I get the I get the highlights. But yeah. Um, so I mean, it's it's literally. Paul said this in Ephesians one seventeen. He says, um, "I pray that the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light, that you would be granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the, in the intimate." Um, it, it uses the word knowledge, but the the Greek word for that word knowledge is not knowing about him. It's actually knowing him. So that through knowing him, the, the, the heart of God would literally flood your heart, mm. right? It would, the vision of the Lord would come out of heaven, and suddenly, wisdom and revelation, um, you know. And so op open vision is connected to your heart, your, the eyes of your heart being able to see in the spirit realm, okay? Paul described this world as a temporal world, Okay. This is, this is a place where you're here for 80-ish years, right? Uh, right? Maybe 90. Um, but the deal is, this is temporal. You will spend somewhere in the Spirit. And the purpose of Christ doesn't stop at sin. The purpose of Christ is actually, He said, I'm pouring out my Spirit upon the church. You will dream dreams, have visions. You will no longer be locked in a temporal world. You will be awakened to the world of the Spirit. Okay? And so that open vision concept is him literally, you're in concert. 
You're walking with the Lord in such a spirit-to-spirit relationship that visions and dreams are constant, right? It shouldn't be a, um, a, a periodic or even something that's never happened. As you grow in relationship, open vision is like, all right, Lord, who do who, who you want to talk to, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I learned it. That's how I learned the voice. Um, and I learned that he is so wanting people whose hearts are set on him giving wisdom and revelation that you know him. You're literally like Enoch, walking with him, right? Everywhere you go. People say, well, how, how, how can you get on a plane and go around the world and preach in India in the middle of, you know, Hindu temples and all this place? Um, aren't you scared? Well, if I didn't have the Lord, yeah, I'd be a chicken sitting in my, sitting in my basement, right? But the, at the end of the day, what makes me brave or what makes me able is I know it's his will, right? I mean, he gave me the vision for India. And if he gave me the vision for India, everything else that he would supply in need for that is going to happen. And so it all starts in your personal relationship of expectation that he is going to flood your heart. Not if. His desire is to flood your heart. So if you get the revelation that the blockage is not him, right? He promised to pour it out. It's actually a heart that's open in need and expectation that this living God is going to come out of heaven on a continuous basis. And that's my concept of open vision. It's open heaven. I believe in open heaven. Everywhere I go, he's going to speak. And that's what he taught me. That's what he taught me to do. Um, so, Yeah, and I would say it's... Uh, how do you say this? Sometimes it's clearer than other times. Um, and, and what to do with it as well. Um, but God doesn't give you anything that he's not going to follow through and, and help you figure out how to do with what he's given you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes that requires searching. That Sometimes that requires coming back to him. Because um, the, the ways that David's describing the Lord speaks to us is also true across the gifts. It's not just with wisdom. So, so take these principles we're talking about and, and lay them across all the gifts, the way that, that God speaks to us and shows us things. God could give us a vision around healing. God can give us a, a vision around, you know, the gift of helps or even giving uh, from a financial perspective. So God, it's not just wisdom where, where God gives vision. Um, it's, it's prophecy. It's, it's all of them. So it's, we're just, again, laying the foundation tonight for all these gifts. But, but uh, again, you know, I've, I've experienced images and, and not knowing what to do with it. And, and he and I were having a conversation the other day because I have a huge heart for the University of Toledo. I'd love to see God do a radical work on that campus. And the Lord was kind of showing me things about people I was walking by. And I, would, I came and we, we sat down. And I was like, man, you've got to help me because I don't know what to act on and what to not act on, if that makes sense. And, and he was just patiently walking me through, like, Lord will clearly show you. And when it's time to kind of initiate and engage, God will, will make that known. And so that was helpful for me because I felt like it was like rapid fire. And, and part of my issue, and I shared this with my staff, was I feel like God was challenging me to change my schedule. Because literally my schedule is so tight with I'm, I'm here, then I'm there, then I'm, I know exactly. I spend my mornings at, at UT Library I'm studying and just being alone with the Lord, and it's a great space. Um, and I don't, usually don't answer my phone. I don't check emails, and I just it's me and the Lord, and it's just it's awesome. And then I transition back over here, and I have meetings the rest of the day and, and connect with people. 
Um, but I know exactly how long it takes me to walk from my house to the library and from the library to my house. And I don't build in extra time in there. To stop? To stop, yeah. Can you imagine that? Prophesy. Uh, and so I'm walking across the... I'm walking across the parking lot, and, and it's happened before. The Lord has showed me something, and I'd be like, oh, I don't have time for that. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's con- confession time. But, uh, and I'm learning, like, I need to stop that. I need to, I need to build space and expectation that as I walk from here to there, God's going to put somebody in my life. And then I'm going to have an encounter with them in some way. And that's where I want to get to that place. I want to get to that place where I'm more open, but also that means confidence, right? If I keep my schedule tight, then I can, I can avoid the Lord speaking to me and, and asking me to do things that I might be uncomfortable with. But if I create a space in my, my life where I'm, I'm open and willing, maybe that's one of the main things I hope you hear tonight, um, is if once you begin to do that, God's like, okay, let's, let's work on this. I think I'm, Jimmy I'm should be this. standing in the back of the church asking. <laughs> We have other people that can do that probably better than I can. I'm joking with you. But one more comment about open vision. When the Lord called Jeremiah, chapter 1, he he says, I'm I'm touching your mouth. What I touch you with will root up, tear down, and destroy Mm -hmm. the demonic realm, build and plant the kingdom of the Lord. He's talking about the power of his vision reordering people's lives, Mm -hmm. nations' lives, right? And then, he, he, and, and then he trains him. And he says, he gives Jeremiah a vision. And he says, Jeremiah, what did you see? And Jeremiah says, I saw the almond branch, right? And the Lord says, you have seen well, for I am ready to execute my word, my vision. That he, he's confirming that Jeremiah knows his voice. Mm. And that's as simple and powerful as it, as it needs to be. Mm. Um, so the whole walk of the Holy, uh, the whole walk with the Holy Spirit is about trusting and following and hearing the voice, hear, get, getting the vision. Because if you get the vision, it's not you. He gave you the vision that you just release, and He yeah. does it right. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of it. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, this isn't about me. This is just about me being a vessel. And that's what the gifts are, right? The building. Who's going to let God speak, right? Who's going to let the Holy Ghost? Pour out the supernatural on everybody in here, right? I'm not going to hold them back. All right, Lord, who do you want to speak to, right? Who, who do you want to speak to today? And that's, that's how yeah. the Lord taught me to trust Him. Yeah, that's good. Second is a word of knowledge, okay? A word of knowledge is an insight given by God to, a person about, personal, to a, about another person about personal information that could not be obtained in some way. So the Lord begins to show you something about somebody else's life. And it's a very powerful gift to use. Because imagine if you're walking up to an unbeliever and you say to them something about an intimate detail about their life. It's going to wake them up really fast. And then you follow up with, let me share this with you. This is where it came from. This is from, from the Lord. And God wanted us to share this with you. Okay? I've, that's what I've been praying for is a word of knowledge as I'm walking uh, at the UT library. Like, Lord, show, if you want to show me something about somebody in the library, and I will go to them and, and share that with them and, and see if I can lead them to, to you, Lord, or if they're a believer already, to encourage them in some way. So word of, of knowledge is a very powerful gift, but it, it often unlocks something in somebody when you give that to them. 
Um, and a word of knowledge, unlike wisdom, that can be for the future, a word of knowledge is for now. It's for the moment that's happening. It's where you're at. It's what you're in. But it's a revelation, um, and it's a source behind that. Some, some examples. In 2 Samuel 12, the Lord sends Nathan to David to confront him on his sin. Remember that story. So, you know, it could have been uh, Jerusalem gossip that Nathan knew what was going on about Bathsheba um, and that David had killed somebody. But my guess is he probably concealed that pretty well, David did. But the Lord told Nathan the prophet what David had done. And David went and confronted, or excuse me, Nathan went and confronted David on what he had done and on his sin. And it cut him to the heart. And that's what a word of knowledge will do. It will, it will strike through and it will cut people to the heart. Because again, it's, it's the Lord speaking in truth into people's lives. But the Lord shows it to you. So that, and then, then always... Sh- lets you know who it, who's it, who it is for as well, okay? And sometimes there's patience around that. Sometimes it happens right away in the moment you're in. Sometimes it's a day later, um, but God will reveal to you what you need. Uh, there's a great passage in 2 Kings 6 where Elisha uh, is saying to the king of Israel about the enemy's battle plans. So literally this, this, this uh, nation is trying to war against Israel and every time they go to war against Israel, Israel defeats them and they know exactly what this, this nation is, is doing or about to do. And so the king of this other nation brings together his, his most trusted confidants that come into his war room and he says, hey, which one of you is, is, is squealing about this? Which one's the bull? And, and they say, it's none of us. There's actually a prophet in Israel that knows the intimate details of your life. Can you imagine that? That's a word of knowledge. So God was giving Elisha a word of knowledge in that moment for Israel's behalf. And so we see, again, a word of knowledge is a very powerful tool that the Lord gives us. Another great example is is, uh, Elizabeth knows Mary's pregnant. When Mary comes to Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1, even before she gets there, the, the, the child inside her knows what's going on. Um, the power of the Spirit is upon John, and the power of the Spirit comes upon Elizabeth, and Elizabeth knows that Mary is carrying the Messiah. Well, how does she know that? Well, the Lord revealed it to her. Okay? A word of knowledge. A beautiful example of word of knowledge. So word of knowledge gives incredible insight into God's movement and what God desires to do. Oftentimes, sin is revealed um, when a word of knowledge comes so that it can be forgiven, and healing can take place. So there's a lot of great things that, a word of, that can come through a word of knowledge. But same thing, a picture in your mind's eye, Lord can speak to you in words, can show you things. Um, but what do we do with a word of knowledge? We use it. Again, it's not for us. So when God shows us something, we need to be seeking and saying, okay, Lord, you, you revealed this to me. Now, who's it for? And oftentimes, in my experience of that is God not only shows you what he wants you to communicate, but he also tells you who he directs you in the way that he wants you to go and who, who it is for. Maybe through a name, maybe through an impression, maybe through, through a sense or a feeling. I remember the one of the times I got to, to go to David's class several times downtown. And I came in late once and he was sitting in the back and they were worshiping. And I sat, we sat down next to each other. I don't know if you remember this story or not. And I'm sitting there and David goes, look out at the crowd. Do you see, these, you see that person over there? They're glowing. The presence of God is upon them. I was like, or that person over there, God's going to touch them in a powerful way tonight. I was like, nope, don't see it. <laughs> nope. I'll believe you, David, but nope, I don't see it. 
So God highlights people for us. So when I've been in settings where I go to pray for people, I was in one that was amazing last night. And I just stood and I just waited and I just looked around. And I said, Lord, you show me. And it became very evident. Boom, right there, that person. So I went over there. Then that person right there. Then I went over there. Then that person right there. When you begin to, to put yourself in a place to trust the Lord, God will lead you. God will lead you. But again, it's practice. It's faith. It's trusting. So how many of you guys have had that experience of, of what we're just talking about, a word of knowledge? And, and if, you wanna, if you're willing to share your story, Pat? Yeah, um, well, there's a couple, I guess, but I guess the one most most powerful recently, um, I don't know how much to share backstory-wise. I was in a really, really dark place in life, kind of living, for sure living very two-faced, and I was... I I remember I I prayed one night just like, I, the verbiage I used, I think, was hit me with a two-by-four. That was what I'd asked for. I was like, I'm done with this, mm. you know, half in, half out, mm. whatever. Um, and it was a few weeks later, you know, I went home after praying that in a parking lot, looking up the stars, and um, <clears throat> I was working as a camp counselor at a summer camp. And, you know, didn't have great service on my phone and all this, running around with little kids. So I um, finally got to lunch, and I like sat down, was probably exhausted and sweaty, and I looked at my phone, and I had a Facebook message, and it was from someone that I like wasn't friends with, you know, you have to click the request message or whatever, and I started reading this, and um, a woman... <laughs> um, is this your story, or is this, this Lauren's story? This, this, is, yeah, this is ours, or maybe both of your stories. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it's her, her. She gave the word. I'm the one that received it, I guess. Um, but was it was? I mean, she was pretty much saying exactly what I just said. Like you're you're running. Hmm. Um, God wants you home. Hmm. <laughs> she didn't know. Hmm. She had no idea. What, I mean, we had seen each other a few times at Washington, and she said, you know, in her story I was highlighted to her mm-hmm. and again with the, the timing she didn't give it right away um, I think that was huge too I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna receive it well um, before I asked for the two by four right um, I, I had reached that point and I mean you know it, it revealed insight to movement that God wanted to do sin was revealed healing took place um, you know, there was this greater insight of, of what God wanted to do in my life. You know, he's calling you home. There's so much more. Yeah. Um, and nothing, I mean, can't say I was, you know, perfect after that. I, but I, I took a little break by myself and, and needed to kind of decompress from that. And um, from that, I, I mean, I just wanted to seek the Lord so much harder. It was an encouragement. It was... Um, yeah, and she was saying things that I was like, wow, like, exactly. Like, I don't tell anyone that. Mm. Like, that's a side of my life that I try to hide from everybody. Mm. And she called it out like it was, mm. like my cards were, cards were face, face up. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Others. 
Yeah, Terry. No, not necessarily. If you gave one. Yeah, well, um, describe what was it like to receive it and then how to understand yeah. who to give it to. Um, well, on the receiving end, there was one time where this girl, um, she was really operating the spirit and she looked at me and I at this time was really struggling just with the friendships that I had and feeling like um, friends in my life were never consistent and they were always leaving and it wasn't. it just felt unfair in my opinion. And she looked at me and she was like, you're a really good friend. And Jesus wants you to know that you're a really good friend. And it just broke me um, because it was so timely. And then she also said a very random thing, but it just really showed me how the level of which God sees us. And she's like, there's not going to be spaghetti at your table in heaven. Because at the time, I did not like spaghetti. I've really warmed up to it now. But um, it was like, she just straight out was like, there's going to be a lot of Thai food. Do you like Thai food? And I was like, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. Um, and so it's like she did there's no way she could have known that about me mm. at all. Um, so it's it did it do anything for my future? No, except that it just revealed to me the level of which God really knows me and to be known is such a beautiful human desire and we, yeah. and for me especially I just I want to be known and so when God really knows you it's just really and when he gives you those moments Um, And on that note, on the giving side of uh, words of knowledge, um, there's a lot, I can't always remember the result of them, but I can remember the words, you know, and I remember taking a team to um, somewhere in Kentucky in the uh, trailer parks, and for some reason, like, the words of knowledge were just coming uh, really quickly there, and we went to this one guy's house, and they were just sitting out outside, and we went and asked if we could pray for them, and then suddenly I just felt that he had three kids. It wasn't like the Lord was like, he has three kids. I just, I, my, I just knew. Like, it was just a, a sense of knowing. And so I said, do you have three kids? He's like, yeah, I do have three kids. I was like, okay. And then I heard Matthew. I was like, does the name Matthew mean anything to you? He's like, that's my son's name. <laughs> and I was like, oh, weird. He's like really weird. <laughs> and I was like, so 
<laughs> so it was just like an open door. This guy, he's never met me before. I've never met him. And somehow I know now that he has three kids and a son named Matthew. And Matthew, you know, was okay. I don't know what he needed prayer for, but we prayed for him that day. And that just opened the door to him, allowing us to spend more time with him and pray for him even more. Um, and if I could just share one more thing. In a group setting, with, in words of knowledge and praying together, um, we used to do these things called treasure hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard of it, you know, you get together with a group of people and you just pray and ask God to give you words of knowledge. And you pray that it's a collective kind of thing. And so the Lord will give you different people little hints, little treasures, you know. And you go out and you try to find these things based on the words that the Lord was giving you in that moment. So the first time I'd ever experienced that, was uh, 2008, and I remember distinctly, like, we got the word, I got the word turtle and lollipop, which I was like, there's no way on earth that is from you, Lord, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to trust turtle and lollipop is the mm-hmm. word you want to give me, yeah. and other people had, like, cinnamon roll, and somebody else had an orange shirt and red hat, so we're like, okay, let's go see what we get with this, and we went, and we found a little shop that literally had every single item on our list, and there was a person sitting there and we ended up praying for that person. I don't remember the result, but I just remember that there was literally a turtle floaty, a thing of lollipops, a thing of cinnamon rolls on the table. He was wearing, she was wearing an orange shirt with whatever color hat they saw. Hmm. Um, and you can't get more specific than that. Hmm. So that person was uh, definitely blessed and touched just to know that God knows them and cares about them that much that he would give a bunch of strangers yeah. Yeah. specific words. Yeah. Yeah, don't put bizarre images past the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Um, I mean, that was a great illustration. I had another one, but that, that was perfect. Um, you'll have something that comes into your mind. You, we have to learn to trust those things, trust those yeah. movements. And a lot of times those movements would just don't make sense. And we can't allow ourselves to think our way out of these experiences, if that makes sense. Okay? Brian, you want to share yours? Brian had one this morning that he shared in worship, and he learned a lot more about it, about the experience of having a word of knowledge from his experience. As I'm sitting here, I actually, I'm reminded of an analogy first, and then I'll talk through my experience. So this is my boy. Born, the first thing any parent will do is check and see ten fingers, ten toes, two hands, two feet, right? I want to correlate these to the gifts that God gives us. We're initially given these gifts, but at a young age, they're not matured yet. This is an analogy I heard elsewhere, not, not mine as well. Um, so Jason's going to spend the rest of his life developing and strengthening these gifts. There's a learning curve to that. Does that make sense? All, all the gifts are available, but not all the gifts are mature within us. Just like he bops his nose and punches himself right now. <laughs> so with that analogy in mind, I'm going to share my bop nose this morning. <laughs> Come on. So this morning, there's, there's a lot going on internally with my relationship with the Lord and just feeling... Uh, in a very desperate season, I guess, right now, and, and eager and, and hungry and, and 
not knowing what to do with that all the time. So, um, Carrie and I were talking at, at home before coming to church, coming into the prayer team, I was prayed for. Um, and then after that meeting, uh, Pat and, and Corey saw I was, I was sitting there crying. Um, so just speaking into my life, encouraging me. And, uh, so that, this is kind of the build up to, to this. So then in the balcony, we're sitting there, communion's happening, I, I close my eyes to pray before going up and, and getting the elements. Um, and right when I closed my eyes, I heard what I should have told you. Um, I heard, let's go to work. And, and I saw a scalpel. And then there was some, some uh, surgeon talk before in our prayer meeting, kind of uh, what people were seeing before we stepped into, into the service. So as I go, okay, it was like, so when I say that, a lot of people are like wanting to hear this audible thing, and it's something referred to as like know it in your knower. Like there's just something deep in that mm-hmm. like you know this, but you didn't audibly hear it. So that, that was my experience. I didn't audibly hear anything. But it was just like very clear and very out of, out of nowhere for me. So I walked up to get the elements, uh, was prayed over, which I think was a powerful, whenever you ask um, the communion servers to read, I think, I think was something really powerful because of walking back with the elements in my hand. This happened only one other time in my life. Um, God just completely broke me down internally. So it's a, for me, two times in my life now total, it's almost as if I jumped into a, an ice bath. Like my lungs expand almost, like I can't really breathe, but I'm not suffocating, um, and I was just weeping. So before I got up on stage, why felt, you might have seen that I was a mess, um, I was completely sobbing on the ramp and the little stairs that go up into the balcony, just head into the corner, just crying, sobbing, shaking. Um, and at this point, I knew exactly what I needed to do. So. Um, I walked back out to get my elements again, and then again, it hit me. And just the explosion within, ran back and like trying to not look like a fool in front of everyone. Um, so I, I ultimately got up on stage, shared what I shared, and so the words I heard was, um, let's get to work. What I said on stage was, let's get to work, and then I added something to that, and I said, what I think that means is, and, not, and I shared, does anyone have a, a surgery scheduled. I, I think God's wanting to do surgery now or something along those lines. Um, so what that is is a little bit of an interpretation, which isn't always a bad thing, but I think, and, and maybe these two can speak to it, it's best to just say what God gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was, and, and I thought I it was a genuine, I thought I was being genuine with, with what I was sharing. So I shared that and, and shared the clarifier, came into lounge A, there was a few people there praying for, um, which I believe belong there as well. And then a couple came in, and, and I just texted uh, Jay Cook to ask if I could share the story, kind of some of the things that he said. He said, let her rip. So um, <laughs> Jay sat down with Carrie, Aaron, I don't know if Aaron's here, not here, and, and myself, and just asked him what was going on. So so that was the word of knowledge part. I'm just going to, I want to share the, the end part of this. Um, Jay sat down and said, I, I don't need surgery or anything like that, but but when you said the words, let's go to work, that just struck something deep within me. Because this week at work, um, he's a, uh, a medical student, so he's kind of in his clinicals or where he's in the hospital. Jay said, this week we lost two um, 
babies in the NICU. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just so, I've never seen a baby that color. And he has a full eagle, by the way. So this is really hitting close to home. He said, three times this past night, when I, in the middle of the night, I looked at my son and I just saw him as blue as, uh, as a big set that I lost. I'm just paranoid, I don't know how to look at him. I'm completely scared. And at that point, um, I know me, I'm 100% still in processing in healing and deliverance, but at that point it was, it was go time. So we, we let her rip and we, uh, some deliverance happened, so I was kind of driving out the demon. We, we named that, wrote that out. The divine uh, replacement, Isaiah 61 talks about. So God just doesn't leave us empty handed. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just remove the bad things. He also fills us with good things. So when we go about the demon, um, we just spoke promises of God in his life as a direct replacement for the divine substitute. Um, and Jay in that moment said, and when you when you drove that, when you spoke that away from me, I, I felt my heart rate slow down. And then when you spoke the promises of God over me, I felt my heart rate pick back up. He just texted me and said, like, everything's different since since service. So um, I share that both as an encouragement, but also as a body, as we're stepping into this, there is a learning curve to this. Mm -hmm. So we need grace with people. I'm never, last week he popped his nose super hard because he's practicing the tummy time. <laughs> right? Like, that's normal, that's common. And some of us are infants in this. Some of us have a little more mm -hmm. experience in certain areas, but uh, I just want to encourage you, there's a, there's a learning process. I, I would say this, Brian, that um, Practicing communion and honoring the act of it in remembrance is the beginning point. That's, what, that's why he introduced the concept that you remember. But when you, when you begin to transcend into the spirit, communion is spirit to spirit, right? The wine and the bread are symbolic of, mm -hmm. of the presence, the, the equipping of the spirit. The bread is the voice of God. Together, you are perfected by the communion. It's a spiritual thing. No longer is it an act, but it's a spiritual thing. And in the midst of you being, um, having an encounter in the act, he makes you supernatural in the spirit, right? And so the sign of a scalpel is a, is a very powerful symbol spiritually. It's actually um, a, a symbol of the prophetic, right? A scalpel actually divides the light from the darkness. And that's what you did when you ministered to that guy. You, you divided the dark, right? You exposed the dark. You spoke and you did the Isaiah 61. You, you actually gave light in exchange to pull, to pull out the dark, right? And that's, you, you are, the Lord is saying to you, you are the scalpel. <laughs> Amen. You are the scalpel, right? You are the scalpel, Brian. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> Uh, uh, thanks for sharing that story, Brian. Um, yeah, and, uh, and yeah, it makes me another day at church <laughs> when people are, are getting freed. Um, I feel like we should pause there and, and transition into praying for people. I think, we've, I think that's enough to take in for, for a night. And, and what I want to do is I just want to invite us to, to receive what the Lord has for us um, with those gifts of wisdom and the, and the word of knowledge um, if you feel like the Lord's putting that on your heart, um, tugging at you in, in those gifts, and you want to receive that, we want to give a space for that to happen. 
Um, and then we'll give a little bit of, of a time to practice that and see what God wants to do, even tonight, um, to use us in that way. And so I want to do this. I want to invite you, um, if you want to receive prayer for those gifts, um, and, and because the Lord's moving on you right now, I want to invite you to stand up, and we want to pray for you. Okay? Do you just say earnestly desire all gifts? Yeah, I know. Yeah, can you, that's, yeah. Can you what you just said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, if, if as we taught about this, and, and as, yes, earnestly desire all gifts, but if you feel a stirring of the Lord right now, in your heart around these gifts. That's what, I, that's what I'm looking for. Because what I'm looking for is, is a confirmation that God's working on you right now. Basically saying, I want to bring this to life in this way tonight. Okay? And if you have a desire for it, man, stand up and receive. Because we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pray, pr- pray for you. Okay? All right. Let's just take a moment and we'll ask for the, for the Spirit to come and, and, uh, and pray. And then, and David, if you want to move around and, and lay hands on people and pray for people and and I'll do the same. So I just invite you to take a posture of, of openness. Put your hands out. And just receive from the Lord right now. Father, we come before you and we look at your word and we trust that what you say is true of us. And we are your children. And we ask for good gifts. So we ask, Lord, that, that your spirit would fall on us even tonight in this place. And we would receive what you have for us, Lord. You'd fill us with your spirit. Lord. Bring words of wisdom words of knowledge, even discernment of spirits, Lord, that we didn't talk about tonight, but we, we ask that those would come upon your people right now, Lord. We invite you just to remain where, we, where you are, and we're just going to work, and we're going to pray over you and see how the Lord moves. I want to invite us just to, I want to give a, a moment and a space just to see what the Lord is doing right now, and I'm just to invite you to, to grab a seat. And I want to ask if there's, um, if somebody has a word of knowledge, even right here tonight, or a word of wisdom that came to you, I want to give you the opportunity to share that, to use that gift that the Lord has given you. Yeah, Karen. Okay, so um, I saw a waterfall, and uh, it, was, it was rushing water. And you know how you can walk behind the waterfall? And so there, was a, there were people walking behind the waterfall to see the rushing water.
stones and there's a little wobbliness, but God's got the day. And you get to the dry land and now you start to function in the flow and I see like a just green, green plants and hmm. beauty. And it's from you taking those steps through all that muck, through the stones, and getting to a place where the truth comes out and will flow through you and touch lives and touch others. Thank you, guy. Jeff? Kind of, uh, I have two things Each and every one of us are a vessel, and some of us have previous experiences that are clouding, almost like luck, a, a tar or a cancer that's filling that vessel that we need to scoop out so that this new experience can begin to fill it up. Mm. And for others, there is a need or a want for a bigger vessel. And almost the vessel that you have is not big enough and it needs to get thrown away and a new vessel brought forward. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. I've got a third piece of that. that um, our sin, our agendas, our own selfishness inhibits our ability to move in these things. Um, Jesus kind of had the unfair advantage because he didn't have Right, so his ability to move in these things as we read in the New Testament is an example for us, but expect it to be hard for us. Expect it to take a lot of practice. Mm. That's not a that's meant to be an encouragement mm. to push forward. It's not gonna be easy. Yeah, yeah. Peggy. I see something quite the opposite. I just have this really wide road and bright light at the end of it. And it was for all of us. Mm -hmm. It was for all of us to walk down unimpeded with the light at the end with him waiting for us. Yeah. I can't believe that she just said that because when he touched my head, there was this warmth. Uh, this just, I can't explain it, just this warmth of presence of God. And this beautiful light, just this overwhelming, loving, warm light hmm. of presence. And it just, it's so comforting. Hmm. It's so comforting to know that we aren't alone. We aren't alone in anything we go through in this life. We can face anything with Jesus. Yeah. And it just, it's overwhelming as well. Can I just interpret this a minute? <laughs> Can't help yourself, yeah. There's this theme about the concept of sin versus the light, right? And there's different degrees of just this embrace of the light. But when the light comes, you realize that sin has no power. Sin has lost its sting, right? It's literally a matter of impartation, right? And the concept of Jesus going to the cross, right? Jesus conquered sin. No matter what you're struggling with or what you fought against, what you've just held on to, and people can hold on to their sin, not really giving it to Jesus, right? 
But at the end of the day, Jesus paid the price mm. so that you could step in freely and receive the light, right? Mm. The road is wide, mm. right? He's saying, come to the light. You don't have to be held back by what you, you're not or what you think you can't do. Literally just come to the light. Mm. And it's an embrace of the Spirit, right? Mm. I mean, it's the embrace of the gift, mm. right? Jesus gave one thing when he ascended into heaven. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would take care of everything else. Right? So it's not, it's not a sin issue. Mm. There's not one thing any of you have ever done or even did just last night. It doesn't matter. Jesus conquered sin and he yeah. makes a way for you. doesn't disqualify you. There is no disqualification. Yeah. Paul killed people and the light came on the road to Damascus. <laughs> That's great. Knocked him off his donkey and said, you're mine. Yeah. And he shook the world. Yeah. That's right? Good. That's the power of the light. That's good. That's the grace of the of the light. And that's what the prophetic gifts are. That's what all the gifts are. You are bringing the light. Mm. Amen. Good. Christine. Yeah, all night I've been having a pain in my left shoulder, and I don't know if that's if somebody here has pain in the left shoulder, but if you do, I would love to pray for you. So Peggy. Yeah. As a word, as an example, as a word of knowledge, right? This, essentially, what Christina is sharing with you, and I forgot to mention this. Maybe I did, but a word of knowledge can come physically in your body, like the, like all of a sudden something hurts, and you're like, "Why does this? I know I don't have anything wrong with you. Have nothing wrong with your shoulder, right? And yet you feel this pain. Well, God's literally showing you the pain of somebody else because He wants to do something about it. That's what a word of knowledge is. That's a, one way a word of knowledge comes is through a physical manifestation. And so we'll connect. So if you have that, we'll connect you with Christina and, and, and others. I'm sure we'll, we'll hang out and, and lay hands on you and pray for you. Yeah, great. Um, so what Mrs. Arno said uh, reminded me of something that I experienced this morning at church. I asked Lauren to pray for me um, to trust God with my future um, as I'm thinking about where I want to go to college um, and just how I want to serve in ministry. Um, and I just felt God giving me this image of one path and uh, that connected to her, her road of light. And I just felt like God was telling me that you are going to make these decisions. And, and but no matter what, there is only one path, really, because I will always, I will be walking with you down this path. And that all of these choices will lead you to one path that will be the right one. Yeah. And that he will always be walking that one path. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. To put on top of that, I had a, a vision last night <clears throat> after receiving prayer, in the middle of receiving prayer last night, that uh, it was this wide road, grass on each side, and Jesus walking towards us. Um, just backlit, just this all sense of coming together, right? And the wide road. Jesus meeting us and walking with mm. us. It's just cool. Because I didn't understand that at the time. So it was cool. Yeah, good. Anyone else want to share? Can I just practice and step out in faith a little? Absolutely. Yes. This is the space for that. <laughs>
That's the word to the church. sharing that. sword 
and it was it was a little bit scary, y'all. <laughs> like, I can't imagine what it would be like to go into war at all, let alone war with swords. Like, that's scary. So I guess what I'm saying is, <laughs> sorry to be scared. Like, hmm. we're we're equipped, but that doesn't mean you know the first time some knight in the medieval ages went to war with a sword, he was probably not super pumped and probably not like all gung ho. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Like there was probably some 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 holy crap going on there. Um, so I guess I just as we sit here tonight and, and we're 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 going through these spiritual gift classes, it's like if you're feeling that holy crap what's going on, that's that's not that's okay. Like we don't have to be, you know, we're, we're equipped and we're asking to be equipped. Um, but that sword is heavy and that that the danger is real guys. Like we're going into war for, for our kingdom. Um, so it's an encouragement, like you guys said, it's it's not um, it can be scary but it should be encouraging. Like That's, that sword is the is the evidence of the most powerful weapon in the universe in your hand. He's with you. <clears throat> Ephesians six seventeen says, "Above all else, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word, the Rama, the dream and the vision of the Lord, is in your hand, making you unconquerable." Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And that's the mentality of the gifts. It's not about like worrying about screwing up. There's going to be screw-ups. Hmm. But you're, you're, you are a vessel of the king, right? It's a, it's a mentality. Yeah. I knew you'd have a comment on that one. Yay, baby. continue to operate in the gifts and not be afraid to use it outside of our faith because that's when the soil is the hardest and when it pierces the heart's the hardest as well and that's where the breakthrough because I've been praying and asking for breakthrough in that area specifically um, with the Muslim faith and I feel like the Lord was showing me just a reminder of piercing the hearts with those words and with words of knowledge and with the gifts um, so if that resonates with anyone else as well that's good yeah. yeah thank you for sharing Okay, I think we've had enough for tonight. Um, I, if you want to hang out, if you have shoulder issues, please hang out. We'll pray for you. Um, Christina will be available. Some other people will want to hang out. If you want to talk to David, um, you can. He'll be here to to hang with you. But um, I think you know that word of of um, you know we're we're entering into unknown territory, and this kind of feels scary. And I and I get that sense that many of you might feel that way. Um, that's a normal way of feeling. I want to affirm that. 
Um, and we're, we're opening ourselves up to the Lord and we're saying, God, we want more of you. Um, we want to trust in you. And, and if, you, if you read the scriptures, the gifts are wild things. They just are. There's no way around it. There's, there's no like PG version of the gifts of God. They're all rated R. Okay. Uh, so they're going to take us out of our comfort zones. They're going to be scary. They're going to push us uh, to places we've never been before. But all in, again, reliance on God. They, they bring us back to the Lord. They, they invite us to trust God in, in deeper ways. Um, and they are for building up the body, as you saw tonight, even. Encouragement uh, that, that you guys have received just, just by studying God's word and, and uh, by the, some of the gifts being used in, in just this, this time that we've had together. So uh, I want to pray over us, and then, then we'll, we'll be done officially. You're welcome to hang out uh, if you have questions or, or for prayer. Um, and, uh, but let me pray for us. Father, we thank you. You got one more one, thing? Just yeah, yeah. one more thing. Sure. Can I just pray for two people? Absolutely. Can I pray for you, my, my man? What's your name? Yes. Come on. Pray for him. Briar. 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 I saw you. Uh, you were young. You were teenage. Okay. I saw. I saw uh, the enemy come up behind you, and he took one of those screw hooks, and he he screwed it in your back, um, and he attached a chain to it, and there was a bunch of. Um, like cement blocks. It was like this heavy stuff that uh, you had to carry with you for a long, long time. And it was like as people as people were moving ahead, you were trying to keep up. You were trying to keep up with all your heart. You were trying to keep up. And no matter how hard you tried to run with the pack, the heavy weight behind you, um, it just weighed you totally down. Um, but I saw I saw Jesus come come up and he. he it's like he paused you, he put his hand on you, um, and he took that screw, and he unscrewed it, and that chain, that chain literally dropped off of you, and he put his finger in that hole, and it's like, I saw this, this, this power come into you, and you uh, literally rose up, and um, there's two things, number one, the power of God is going to come on you in a way that it's never come on you before, you've tried, you've tried to stay, you've tried to keep up, but it's like you all, were always lagging, the Lord is accelerating you, um, and he, and the, what the enemy meant to destroy you actually made you a strong man, you have a strong heart, and in, in the next season of life, you're going to catapult ahead of people you're going to be able to run in a way that others can't because you know what it was like to drag weight. And the Lord's saying, the Lord is saying tonight that he's healing you from, from that weight that you've had to drag. Um, and it's, and that, uh, I'm just going to lay my hand on you because I think the, the power of God is going to heal you. Um, I, just, I just call this weight uh, that, that the enemy put on you a long time ago, I call it severed right now in the name of Jesus. And I decree the supernatural power of the lightning of God. The power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you right now in Jesus' name. I decree over you that you're going to run faster in a way that you've never been able to run before. Uh, and that you're going you're gonna to run so fast in this next season that you're going to, and the strength that the Lord's put in your heart, you're going to begin to carry people. You are going to begin to carry people in, in ways that the Lord uh, sent people to carry you in past times. You, the Lord is anointing you to carry people and, and just like walk in this new 
boldness that you've never been able to walk in before. And the Lord says, uh, uh, your head's never going to be hung low again. Your head is never going to be hung low again. There's a, there's a confidence going to rise up in you, a peace in your heart that was never able to fully be grasped hold of um, because, just because of what the enemy did to you as a young man. And the Lord says, I'm healing that tonight. I'm accelerating you tonight. And I'm sending you tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let this grace, let the grace of the Holy Ghost come right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Come on. So before you go again, yeah. <laughs> what would you say about what, what you just heard? Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. Yep. The Holy Ghost, man. <laughs> That's the guy who created you. Amen. One more? One more. I'll just, right. do, just one more. Um, what's your name? Amanda. Nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> I saw Jesus. He, he positioned you in front of a mirror. And you had a couple of Q-tips. Um, and it, like, at first, you were like, you were kind of pulling your, your head away from the Q-tip. Um, but then it's like this peace came over you. And this, uh, you, you let Jesus begin to clean out your ears. And it was like, he started to whisper in your ear, and it was crystal. Like, mm-hmm. you started to be able to hear the voice of the Lord, like, crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you started to actually go into certain rooms of your house, stand in front of the mirror, and wait for the Lord to speak to you. It was like an addiction to the voice of the Lord. And I saw you started to search Him out so profoundly in your home that uh, you asked Him to come. Like, you would literally ask Him to come and speak to you, and He'd show up. And I saw Him show up, and um, and He took a, he took a big lighter. And... Um, it's like he stuck this big lighter inside your ear and your eyes started to glow with fire. And, um, you know, there's a scripture that says that uh, you will be baptized in the Holy Ghost in fire. Okay? Um, the word of the Lord is a fire. It burns. It's an addiction. It is like you have to have it. Um, and uh, the Lord says he's removing the wax. <laughs> he's, re- he's removing every hindrance. Um, and that he's going he's gonna to teach you in a very profound way his voice. Um, and I just I want to pray for you to be baptized in fire. You ever been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Imagine that! You came here, though, in interest, right? Um, can I pray with you? Yeah. <laughs> Have you been wondering about this whole baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptized in fire thing? But the Lord, I mean, all these people were sitting here, and the whole time the Lord's talking to me about Him, and He's talking to me about you. Okay? The Lord had to call a God in your life. It's supernatural. And you're not some little dainty girl that doesn't have a purpose. The Lord is saying His voice is going to be so profound in your heart that there's going to be people coming to your house to hear what the Lord is saying. Okay? So, Father, I just I just release right now the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, this supernatural baptism, 
Lord, I, I reach now, right now, in Jesus' name, and decree the earwax, Lord, every hindrance. I call it removed right now, in Jesus' name, and I release this baptism of fire. Lord, let the fire of the Holy Ghost come right now. Come on, come right now, in Jesus' name. Come on, fill Holy Ghost. Fill Holy Ghost. Fill Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, sorry, sorry for interrupting, I, man. I had to do that. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know how many of you guys read uh, the newsletter we put out every month. Maybe you do. Oh, actual people! That, wow, that's way more than I expected. More than you thought. Um, but uh, I, I shared in there um, a little bit about David and and about um, one of the things that I said is that it's dangerous. It's a risk. Inviting David to come and, and be a part of this is, is risky because people will, will feel like, I don't know, this is weird, what's this guy doing? And I know that. And I, but I think this is worth the risk. Um, I think that God is inviting us into a new space and a new, in a deeper way. And, and God's been bringing us along as a church community. It's been happening for years, for decades, getting us ready to come to this place. And, and I think that the work that God has for us, I mean, we see it in the vision that was produced, right? The vision statement and, uh, that we're talking about right now. And this, this experience, this deepening in the Lord belongs, but it also equips us to do what God wants us to do. And so that's why I felt like the risk was worth, worthwhile. Um, and, uh, and each time we gather, we'll, we'll have more of this. We'll talk about the gifts. We'll pray over each other. We'll give space for those gifts to see what the Lord wants to do with those gifts. We'll lay hands on people. That's, I mean, it's all in the word. It's a, we're, not, we're not bringing something that's not, that's not here. So let me pray for us, and, and, then, uh, and then you're free to go. You're free to stay, whatever. whatever. Um, but uh, we want to pray over people with, with shoulder issues. Um, and, Jimmy, I can't let you pray before I share something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come on. <laughs> I know. I might be here, bro. Yeah. Um, um, honestly, it's more like a question as opposed to like a, you know, a yeah, yeah. Or word Go ahead. knowledge or word of wisdom or anything. And just for, the question is for the person who's like following Jesus, who is dedicated to like obeying scripture and, and the voice of God. But feels nothing. That's what I'm sure. Asking for a friend? Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great question, Mitch. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's a million dollar question. Million dollar question. Do you want to jump on that? Or? Sure, man. Yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of people that feel the tinglies, feel the feel the oil, they immediately feel you know, the presence, but there's others that, um, don't, they just, they just don't, but that doesn't mean that because you don't feel it, that you're not being baptized. Okay. The Lord speaks to people in different ways. There's different types of faith. There's different, um, ways that you will learn the voice of the Lord. Um, some people's just not the tingly feely stuff, right? Others is just, you have a knowing, you have um, a beginning of an excitement or, or something. Um, the, vo the Lord's voice is, you know, I, I tell a lot about the vision of the Lord because that's the way he, 
fluently speaks to me. Um, but I know other people that don't have vision and don't feel his presence, but they're led by other things like, um, like the word of knowledge, like I feel this pain in my shoulder is who has pain in here. Um, there's just, there's many ways. And so just because you haven't felt the Lord or, or, uh, don't experience some of the common things doesn't mean the Lord's not taking you along. Okay. Don't lose heart. At the end of the day, don't lose heart. Okay. There's a progression and everybody's progression is different. It's, it's almost like, um, prayer language. People have a different prayer language. Okay. There's no prayer language that's exactly the like. Everybody's prayer language is you and the Holy Spirit. That's why he gives you the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit prays through you. It's unique to you. Right? It's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a fingerprint. Okay? Mm-hmm. And your walk with the Lord will not mimic anybody else's. Right? So at the end of the day, it's trusting that the Scripture is real. The experience the Scripture is revealing to us that, okay, Holy Spirit, what's my walk? What, what, what's my relationship? Some of it's going to be tingly-feely, people weeping, crying on the floor. Others are just like, I don't feel nothing, but I know God's real, right? Mm-hmm. And so just be, just rest in that yeah. and let the Lord work with you. Yeah, and I would say there's seasons. Yeah. You know, there's seasons. And I'm sure there were times, Mitch, where you felt alive and vibrant and times where you didn't. And if you're in a, in a wilderness season or a dry season, it doesn't mean that's going to last forever. I think a lot of times we can get into those places and feel really discouraged because we just feel like, well, this is it now. This is, I can't hear from the Lord or, or I'm not getting anything out of his word. And, and there's something about like continually coming back and being faithful to the practices, being faithful to the time in prayer, showing up. Um, and there's different levels of, of openness, I would say, that we go through in life. That we, I'm, op- I'm open this much and, and I experience that much of the Lord and God honors that. And then I become a little bit more open and God whoa, there's even more of the Lord and, and even more. And, and, and so it's, it's a process and a journey. Um, but I would say that, that I've had my fair share of discouragement and my fair share of hitting walls and not feeling like I can get through those walls. And, and then um, and God shifts something in me and then all of a sudden shows me something new and I'm able to move forward into that. And so it's, it's, I think what David said is, is good. We, we all experience the Lord in different ways and some in, in different you know, and that's the beauty of the body, right? That's why there's so many different gifts. Um, it's not just one gift. Um, and we have to rely on each other. And so I would say, I would say to your friend, keep coming back to, to others and say, Lord, pray for me. Lay hands on me. Um, remain open. Lord, show me new things. Um, and just keep, keep coming. Keep being faithful. And, and God will honor that faithfulness and bless that faithfulness. So, so tell all those things to your buddy for, for us. Okay. One more, Peggy? I, was a, it isn't a question, but I just wanted to say this one thing. That I had a vision a while back, and I didn't share it with anyone. But the moment I shared it with you, I started having more visions. Hmm. So the minute you start sharing your visions, mm. the more visions you get. Mm. And it wasn't until I shared it with you, Pastor mm. Jimmy, that I started getting more visions. And then 
I got more confidence in my visions. And then I shared my next two visions with Shishikala. And then I shared, I had enough bravery to share my fourth vision here tonight. So, so you are how old? <laughs> 74. So you're 74. And you just stepped into a realm of the Holy Ghost yeah. and started seeing visions. Yes. And, and so I share my fourth vision tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really yeah. happy that, yeah. that now they're becoming more prolific. My yeah. mm -hmm. After sharing, you must share. Mm -hmm. You have to declare your visions, yeah. I think. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Trust. Trust the trust. Lord. Yeah, trust they're from God. Yeah. yeah. And you'll, if you haven't had that experience before and the Lord begins to speak to you, even though as you go home tonight, you will go through this, am I crazy time? Yeah. You just will. It'll be a thing. I can tell you from experience. It's like, what in the world is that? What am I supposed to do with that? Is that you, Lord? Am I just crazy? And that's where discernment comes into play. Um, okay, I'm going to pray. And phone a friend. Don't try to process yeah. the supernatural yeah, yeah. by yourself. No, that's good. Get a pretty spiritual person who won't let you stay unspiritual because the point is to lead you into the supernatural. Amen? Yeah, that's good. Now can I pray? Sorry, brother. <laughs> I like this tandem thing. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for, that you love us. Lord, I just pray a grace over this space, over the people that are here tonight, Lord. Would you bless them? Would you open their eyes in new ways? Would you allow the gifts to rise up in them, Lord? Give them confidence to use them. Give them greater sense to trust in you, Lord. I pray that you would break through the barriers that need to be broken through and that just love and grace and mercy would pour out and that we would begin to use these gifts to bless each other, to build up the body, Lord, but also to advance your kingdom. I pray for courage outside these walls, in our homes, at work, in our friendship networks, Lord, we begin to use the gifts to share the truth of who you are with the world and do what you've asked us to do. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, everybody. Good night. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Go in peace. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.